private worship today, as well as the heart of worship. So a lot to cover, but we're definitely going to have some participation. Okay, I'm going to ask some questions. I want you to be ready. Are you ready, Lenny? Sure. <laughs> Find out. Okay, okay. All right. So here's my first question. Why, what is the purpose of spiritual disciplines? Why do we pray? Why do we read our Bibles? Why do we meditate? Why do we worship? Why do we um, have stewardship? What, what are, what's the purpose behind that? Is it, it's not to be religious. I mean, the book says for a purpose for godliness. Ding, 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 ding. No, it's kind of a funny thing. Purpose for godliness. What does that even mean? You know, it's kind of like a, a funny thing to say. He says, worship for the purpose of godliness. I love the reader. Of the, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. What, what does that mean? Like godliness. What does that word mean? Resembling God. Resembling God. Yep. Anyone else want to share? Coming closer to God. Coming closer to God. It sounds kind of pompous, but to be like God. To be like God. Yes. Exactly. And so when we do these disciplines... It's not just to do these disciplines. And I, and I think as a young disciple, to be honest, I sometimes felt guilty when I didn't do these things. And then I'd get down on myself, right? And then I would say, I, I should pray or else my heart's going to get hard. And My motivation was not in the right place to pray and read my Bible. Oh, I'm relying on myself. Oh, God's not going to bless me. Oh, but, but why do we... And, and maybe all those things are actually true. <laughs> My heart will get hard if I don't pray. But that's not the number one reason. Why do we worship? Because we become more like God. And, and being like God is what exactly we're trying to do. Think about it for a second. Your life, I was reading this you know, the other day, is hidden with Christ. Right? You're clothed with Christ. We are going to become immortal and have a spiritual body like God. The Bible says. It says in 1 John, right? Chapter 3. He says that, you know, when, when, when we, when we're, when we, when we uh, uh, see him, we'll be like him. And, and, and that's intense. So, so our journey on earth right now is to become like that. You know, I always say this analogy. You woke up, Jesse wakes up, right? And he's in the White House. Okay, he wakes up, he's in, he's in the... The White House, oh, good, good morning, Mr. President. This is your itinerary today. You're going to, to, to uh, North Korea to speak with Kim Jong-un, you know, and, oh, really? You know, and, and you know, I don't know what Jesse would do in that moment. Run, run away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of messed up to, like, just not be the president anymore. Oops. Like, the Pope did that. You know, the Pope did that. He's like, I don't want to be Pope anymore, guys. Peace out. You know, it's never been done before, you know, and pretty humble of him to do that. He had reasons, but it was kind of lame, too. Everyone was like, what? Why did you even get elected if you just want to do this? So maybe, maybe Jesse, you know, maybe I'll try this out for a day. And he realized, you know, I'm pretty good at this and got a lot to learn. Um, but he's president and, and, and people were like depending upon him. And so essentially, somehow Jesse would kind of start to. Learn to be president. And, and, and his identity just changed. And so he would strive to become like that, to help the country and help people, okay? Now, I'm not saying, I know Jesse, he'd probably say, I resign. 
You know what I mean? Knowing Jesse, I know that's exactly what he do. It's because he's a humble guy and he realizes that this is too much business. Now, if I was president, I probably wouldn't resign just because I'm prideful and I got issues, okay? But whatever our situation is, you are like, you're just given an identity that's so amazing. Jesus. You are, you represent Jesus on this earth. And it's a much more important office in the present United States, right? And so we are living that identity now, whether we feel it or not. When God looks at us, who does he see? He sees Jesus. You know, for all of us who are clothed, you know, for all of us who are baptized, we're clothed with Christ. That's what's awesome about a baptism. That God no longer sees your sin, no longer sees your flaws, no longer sees all the, the impurity, but he sees his perfect son, Jesus. And so why do we do these spiritual disciplines? We do them so that we can become our identity. Amen? And that's worship, I believe, is where you're transformed more than many places. All these spiritual disciplines transform you. But I think worship incorporates so many of these disciplines. Singing, right? Prayer, fasting, scripture, meditation. I mean, all these things happen with worship, amen? And essentially, we're also praising God like Jesus did. What is worship, okay? Uh, I love what the book talked about with worship. John 20, he says, this is what worship is. You want a picture of worship? You got doubting Thomas. And what's he say? I'm not going to believe unless I touch the side and, and, I, and I feel the nail marks in his skin, right? And what's Jesus do? Chapter 20, verse 24, so we get the whole scene. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He was missing worship service, amen? He wasn't. He gave up meeting together as some of the habit of doing. <laughs> And he missed Jesus' sighting, you know? What happened at worship? We saw Jesus. Oh, man. What I miss that service, right? Um, so the other disciples told, we have seen the Lord. Now, instead of getting upset, this brother got doubtful. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later... His disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them, though the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Verse 28. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. This is the picture of worship. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Thomas felt. He didn't need to actually touch because he saw Jesus. He saw Jesus for who he was, right? He didn't need to touch his side because he was moved by Jesus. Worship is focusing on and responding to God. So if you're taking notes, that's the first thing. What is worship? Focusing on and responding to God. You know, let's go to another amazing picture of worship. Revelation 4. The living creatures. 
I don't think there's anyone that can top the living creatures. <laughs> For real. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, man. You really can't. I can think, oh, yeah, man, my worship this Sunday was amazing. What about the living creatures? You know what I mean? Like, you can't stop the living creatures, right? How long was service? It's all the time. Do you know what I mean? 24-7 church, you know what I mean, was service. This is what the living creatures would do. Revelation 4. And, and it's convicting to see these people or see these creatures, whatever they are. Verse 8, it says, Each of the four living creatures had six wings. It was covered with their eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things by your will. They were created and have their being. Now, is this actually in heaven? What do you think? Is there four living creatures in heaven? Is there 24 elders in heaven? I mean, there's no, there's no way we can parse what it actually is there. Yeah. This is what John and his... Uh, John? John, yeah. Okay. This is what John in his human mind saw it as. Yeah. Like, there's no way we can parse, understand... Yeah. What's Love that word, parse. The word we parse. Guys, yes, or maybe no. So it could be yes, absolutely yes. Could there be four living creatures and 24 elders? Yes. Or is this creation and the 12, the 24 elders, 12 of Israel and 12 apostles representing all of the saints of mankind? Okay, I don't know. I know there's a lot. That's a challenge with Revelation. Is there actually a book of life? Yes. But I don't know. I mean, in the mind of God, there might be a book of life. Like, I think these pictures are meant to show us something. And I wouldn't be surprised if we go up to heaven, where's the four living creatures? And Lord was like, I was trying to help you understand what my creation does all the time. My creation says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole who was and is and is to come. And then mankind sees creation and worships God for what he did. I don't know. I'm an ignorant man, right? When it comes to this stuff. And so are we all. But this is a picture of worship too. There's no one being bored right now. Man, can we sing a different song? <laughs> Keep singing. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Can we stop singing that song? You know, And I've been in worship sometimes where you're just singing the same thing over and over again. It's this crazy. And you're just like, oh, come on. Can we get a different verse here? You know what I mean? And I'm sometimes wicked in service. You know, Sometimes I can be wicked. Sometimes I'm into it. Sometimes I'm not into it. There's certain songs that I hate. And there's certain songs that I love. Noah's feeling very comfortable today. Like what? I'll share them later. But, um, but here's the thing. 
Do you get bored mm. worshiping? Well, I'm glad. Yeah. That's convicting, isn't it? Mm. You know, when I when I'm look around sometimes at church, I see saints not singing, and it's not because there's no projection. Because my mo- my boy Tim set that up well, or Lauren set that up well. They have the words. Why are they not singing? They know the song. Why are they not singing? Are you a singer? Are you someone that likes to sing? I understand. You might feel like, I don't like to sing. I don't love to sing. But, but where's your heart? I don't care if you're singing or not. Sometimes I literally will sing, and then I'll stop, and I'll listen to everyone. And it'll move me too. I just want to talk about your heart. But singing is an important part of engaging that heart. That's one aspect of it, you know? Are we bored of worship? Are we bored of it? You know, I I hope not. But there is a sense sometimes that we're not focused on God at church. We're focused on something else. Worship is focusing and responding on God. How do we come into worship? The public worship. You know, our phones distract us. Our our friends distract us. Other disciples distract us. You know, we're, 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 we're oh, how's my visitor going to feel? You know, how's he doing? You know, and, and we, you need to have it a goal in service to get lost. To be lost. And what I mean by lost is, I don't know what time it is. I don't know where I am. I'm just at the throne of God right now. Mm. And you've been there. Haven't you been there before? Mm. Were you just floored? And it doesn't have to be the World Discipleship Summit Mm. for us to get there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't need 20,000 people. You know, that's powerful, right? You see 20,000 people singing to the Lord. You're definitely, if you're not moved, (laughs) we got problems. You know what I mean? But there's something about even just hearing God's word preached yesterday. I mean, Sunday, where when he said, do you know why Paul didn't say, I'm a Roman citizen? And then he came out with it, and I was like, oh my goodness. Is our gospel changing? Are are people upset at us because we are preaching a gospel that's countercultural? And I got super convicted. And then I saw how Philippians 2 was written to the Philippi church. And it just, you know, sometimes it's just dots connect. You know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, where am I? Where am I? I don't know where I am, but I am at the throne room of God. I am saying, my Lord and my God. You know? You know, hearing your labor is not in vain. Man, especially someone who labors. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes feels like it's in vain. To hear that song, bro, I want to thank you for, for teaching us that song. And then I, I got to teach it to the whole staff. And you have all these ministers that served a probably combined, you know, 40 ministers. I'm one of the younger ones. He had 800 years probably of service, at least. Maybe a thousand. Some of them are 40 years in. And I'm singing this song, and they're going to take it back then to their congregations. And how people were moved. And I didn't even sing it that good. You know what I mean? But people were moved. We have to get 
We have to focus on God. That's your role. That's not the worship leader's role. Your role, the worship leader is doing as best he can, right? Or she can. Our role is to get focused on God. And how do we do that? We'll talk a little bit about that. But I, 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 it's not like a formula. It's, it's my Lord and my God. It's falling down before the throne room of God and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Amen? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you felt that in the public worship? Maybe you're like, man, it's been a long time. And if you're a worship leader, sometimes that's even harder. I've been a worship leader, and sometimes I'm just, you know, just it's a service role, and so it's even harder sometimes for the worship team. And I respect everyone that does worship because I remember feeling that. But I would do it. I would literally get lost myself in the service. I would close my eyes and sing the song, and maybe I wasn't leading it perfectly, but I would get lost into it. You know, I was singing on Zion's Glorious Summit stood on the, um, at the staff, you know, retreat we had, all the church leaders in New England, and I'm supposed to lead at a time of worship, and I'm leading it. And, you know, I got Kristen, who knows music really well, Kristen Balzer, right? And she's like, you know, I think if you go a little higher, you know, you, we could, it would be better sounding. And I'm listening to her, you know, I don't have a pitch pipe. I'm just going for it, you know what I mean? And I should have had a pitch pipe, you know what I mean? But I know the song pretty well. And once we got into it, though, it didn't matter what the pitch was. When we were singing, holy, man, hearing everyone sing that part of the song. And I'm just there. I closed my eyes, and I just did this. And I just did this. You know, it's just like, for us, we have to kind of get lost. And it's uncomfortable getting lost. Because people, what if people see me? Get lost like that. You know, I've, I've had times in church where I've just been uncontrollably crying. Do you know what I mean? Or uncontrollably, and I have to get up and speak. It's an awful thing. <laughs> you know, I've had, I've led songs like that where I cannot finish the song. But you know, that's the best stuff. That blubbering snot that happens. And maybe you're not a crier, it's okay. How do you connect like that? You got to think through that. I don't think Thomas was a crier. I don't know. He just doesn't strike me as a cry guy. You know what I mean? He sounds like a guy who's kind of, he's, 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 he's skeptical, right? And skeptical people don't get easily moved, amen? They're, they're, you know, why? Well, because, I mean, if I get moved, I might be tricked, you know? Uh, and so skeptical people don't. You know, Thomas said, let us go with him so we, today we'll die. You know, and he was loyal to Jesus. He was a great di- disciple. But he wasn't probably the guy. Peter was the crybaby. You know what I mean? Peter was the guy who cried and was emotional, right? Thomas was not that guy. But, you know, he still worshipped. And I was talking to Michael Burns. And he told, he told us, we were talking. And he said, you know, I'm not. I thought something was wrong with me growing up as a disciple for three or four years because I didn't cry like all these other people. Do you know what I mean? And, and I didn't feel like, you know, the cross of Jesus, you know, and, and you know, I, I didn't connect and I thought something's wrong with me. And, and then I told a brother, I don't think I love God, you know. And he was like, well, have you told God that you don't love him? 
He's like, I can't say that to God. He's like, don't you think he already knows what you're feeling? And then he started kind of connecting the dots. And for him, the knowledge of God is what helps him connect with God in that way. And, you know, you saw him beautifully do that on Sunday. Beautifully. It wasn't like, let me tell you about my grandmother and this story about, you know, helping her walk across the street and, you know, a moving story, right? It was the word of God coming to life to us. And he helped us worship. And so we have to figure out what works for us. What works for me doesn't work for you. But you have to figure it out. And you can't accept not getting lost in the public worship. You can't say, oh, well, whatever. This is harder for me. You have to say, no, I want to be one of those 24 elders. I want to be the four living creatures. I want to be Thomas, who says that my Lord and my God. Amen? So worship is from a Saxon word, which means worth, ship. And so when we worship God, we're acknowledging, we're magnifying his worth. It's pretty intense to think about that. Is God on Sunday magnified in his worth through us? Wow. You know? And I just want you to take it more seriously. And how do we prepare for worship? Let's talk about that. Public worship. Well, here's a couple of things. Definitely spend time with God before worship. You know, and maybe you're not going to be able to... I've had Sundays where I'm preaching and I'm not spiritual. You know what I mean? I've had Sundays where I don't even want to go to church and I'm preaching. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've had Sundays like that, you know, where I'm screaming at my sons, Get in the car! And then I'm like, hey, brother. You know what I mean? (laughs) Hello, sisters. You know what I mean? Let's get all into Jesus, you know? And, and, you know, I know what it's like, right? And and it's not every Sunday is it going to just float into church, you know? But I want to share this, is that some of the things you can do is first just get the phone out of the way. That's number one. That's going to be a distraction. Put it on airplane mode. Put it away, okay? Secondly, I want you to think about the picture of these guys. I want you to think about those four living creatures. And maybe for the first couple services, you go and you look at powerful things like Isaiah 6. When he says, well, I'm an unworthy person because I'm unworthy, you know? Or Thomas. And for all of you guys to think about setting your minds. I'm coming before the throne room of Christ. I'm taking the Holy Communion. I am going, Jesus is going to be among us. When two or three are gathered, what's he say? There I am also. You know, it's funny. Jesus was there on Sunday, two weeks in a row. And he went through the locked door. Now, was he through the locked door? Did he walk through walls? Maybe. Or maybe he was just there the whole time. And he disappeared. Is he here right now? I absolutely believe he's right here, right now. And so that's how we got to come into service, thinking Jesus is here. You know, I didn't feel like going to church because the brother that I don't like gave me beef, and so I'm not coming. 
I'm like, what? But Jesus is going to be there. Do you know? You can't work that beef out, but Jesus is going to be there. You know, it was convicted in Albania. They had such, they're Muslims, most of them, so the taking communion was like a big deal. And I felt convicted. Like, I saw this guy just sitting there almost like, you know, if anyone sweat blood, you know, it was going to be him. He was just like, thank you, Jesus. And he was just doing this. And I was like, I was taking my communion. I was like, oh, man. I'm not doing it right. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just like feeling like, oh, dang, you know? You know what I mean? Like, oh, dang, this isn't good. I need to change the way I take communion. And, and they were the ones that they, would, they wouldn't take it real quick. They would hold on to it. Look at it. Do you know what I mean? And then say this prayer that was a good thing. And I felt super convicted being there, you know? And a couple of times, I saw like 10 people outside one time during communion. I'm like, hey guys, what are you doing? Bro, we're, we're. there was five people that were feeling stuff against five other people. And they would not take communion because they didn't want to take it in an unworthy manner. Like, and you know, I had a church about a hundred back then, so it was like a good group of people. And it was obvious, and some of them were singing. One guy was supposed to sing, and he didn't come up. Because he just wasn't worthy. Because he needed to get resolved. He said, bro, don't you say, leave your gift at the altar? And I was like, what am I supposed to say to that? Bro, we just need you to get the service going, you know what I mean? It's, part of the, it's on the order of service, you know? You need to get out there, bro, and just do your duty, you know? I was moved by these people because they had less church experience than me. Yeah. And maybe that was the problem. Yeah. You know, we take church for granted, the public worship, you know. And, and we, as the leadership and as the worship team, want to make it better, but appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And realize that it's your job to worship God, yeah. not the worship team. Amen? Amen? And so think about that. Learn the songs. Who sings songs for their quiet times, pub, privately? That should be a midweek in itself. Everyone gets songbooks. We just start singing, learning the songs. Maybe instead of going, being in this room, we go to a lake or an ocean, and we just do it. I used to do that all the time. Me and Arcelio Rodriguez, this guy who was a, a Baptist um, guy, used to go for the word of life. He... You know, we baptized him and he repented and he was a great guy. He had this ponytail, he was Panamanian. And he goes, bro, do you know the songs? I'm like, no. He's like, let's go out and sing. And I'm like, you know, I'm a basketball player. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> and man, we went out there. We'd sing for hours together. Hit me and our, me and Arcelio. And people would, you know, walking through the trails of UNA. Then sings my soul. Ah, you know, people would get freaked out, you know. And, and it was just awesome, you know, just singing together. And that's how I learned to sing. That's how I became a song leader, you know, privately singing. And I'm not saying you should freak people out, but I'm saying sing together. You know, and I, you want to say something, bro? Uh, yeah, I just moved. Like, it's such a powerful thing, like, singing with brothers and singing in your quiet times. I never used to do that, but, like, comfortable for me, but... I lived with a brother, and at one point we were actually beefing, and um, I just happened to wake up early. I never woke up early. I heard him singing for his wife, mm. and I kind of like crept to the door, and he was singing the, um, 
the Lamb of God. Mm. And he was like the brother with a communion wafer. He was like trembling, singing the song. And I just, my heart melted, my, my bitter, ugly heart. I, went mm. out I, I sang, well, please forget me. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. He taught me how to sing in my lifetime. He taught me a lot of stuff. But yeah, that's, it, it's powerful. It's powerful. It is sing. powerful. Sing with brother. It is powerful. It's not the brother, it's not a natural thing as a worldly man to sing. <clears throat> You know, like that. And yet, David, all the great men of God, <clears throat> privately sang. You know, it's powerful. It's a little word in the Bible. It says, Who, wh- whoever is happy, let him sing songs. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's the thing that chills my bones. And then Jesus, after he took bread and gave it to him, and, and, Je- and Judas went and betrayed him, sang a hymn. I'm like, why is Jesus singing right now? For the joy set before him, he, he endured the, the cross, scorning and shame. Yeah. He sang right before he went to the garden. Wow. And singing does something for you that sometimes reading or praying can't do. I believe there's parts of your heart that will, cannot be reached without singing. You know, and I just want to encourage us, let's continue. Let's, let's work on that. I think I want to have a follow-up to that. And just have a brother's sunrise prayer or a brother's, brother's morning time. You know, and maybe, maybe for a man up, we just man up and sing. You know, and we don't, you know, invite, tell people ahead of time. We're going to have pancakes and everything's going to be great. We'll play flag football, but guess what? We're going to sing too. And it's going to get hemming. We're hemming on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but having that chance to, to all the brothers singing. And I think, you know... It's important that we learn these things. Let's talk about private worship, and then we'll, we'll end. And, and private worship is similar um, in a lot of ways. But let me ask you this. What hinders your public worship? What hinders your public worship? I want to ask just a couple questions. You guys, what hinders it? I just not keep a pitch or anything for so. Okay, so you don't feel confident sometimes singing. Yeah. Right? Amen. Okay. That's going to change, bro. We can all sing bass. Yeah. So I believe everyone can sing bass. It's awesome. La, 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 la. You know, it's really awesome. Take my breath away. You know, you, I can sing that song. You know, anyone else want to uh, share what hinders? You know. A lack of private worship, a lot of saying, you know, but like yeah. that verse says, like out of the good things you store up in your heart, the good things, you know. So if you, if you don't have a storehouse, then it's not going to come out. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing you said. You know, Jeffrey Thomas is in the book. It says this: there is no way that those who neglect secret worship can know communion with God in public worship. This this Welsh Baptist said this. You know, Jeffrey Thomas. It's a great thing. You know, I think that's probably, you know, how are we going to change the public worship? By changing the private worship. Amen? And so for us, maybe that's the call, is that all of us privately worship and get the songbook out. And if you don't have a songbook, come talk to me and just learn songs. Some of the songs, you know, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, stand in the need of prayer. Man, that's easy to sing. You know, the, the last like 10 songs, our kids' kingdom songs. And so you can sing them. You know, start there. You know, you know, created me up your heart, God. That might be a little bit harder. You know what I mean? But, you know, this other stuff is reachable. And we'll talk more about that. Um, 
What else hinders your problem course? Distractions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mind is not like present. Like Especially there's so many people to look at. Lack of focus. So many people to look at, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I need to close my eyes. Mm-hmm. Just close my eyes. I need to close my eyes. It helps me to block out everything, right? Um, when I don't feel moved right away, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's often, worship kind of hits you. That kind of Lord of my God. Like Thomas wasn't ready for Jesus coming through the door. You know what I mean? But he showed up to worship and he was being real. I don't, I'm not going to believe, you know. And boom, came in through the door. And that's kind of how I feel like Jesus does. He just shows up all of a sudden. He's, whoop, he's there. Whoop, he's gone. You're like, whoa. I just saw Jesus, you know. And I'm not, you know, actually saying I actually saw Jesus. But, you know, in, uh, my heart saw him, you know. Does anyone else want to share? Good hinders? Nick? When I don't like the song. Yeah. Yes. Yes. At all. <laughs> yeah, so there are songs that we all have different songs that you don't like. And now what I try to do in that moment is I'll sometimes just hear other people singing mm-hmm. and thinking about heaven. I'll just start using my imagination, you know, and like for me, there are certain songs that I don't like. And then I try to focus on maybe one phrase that's really powerful. Because every song has something in it you can like. You know, um, you know there's, there's, there's things like, um, uh, you know, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So, that was being sung so much. And then it gets sung in Spanish. <laughs> and then it's sung in English. And then, you know, it just reminded me maybe of even sometimes religion, like the religiosity of the world. And, and, and yet, I want to see you. And I, I try to just focus on that and go, what's wrong with your heart? Open the eyes of my stinky heart and help me like this song, Lord. You know, and I'll just start praying. But that's true. There are some songs. I'm starting to enjoy most songs now. But there's people that are like, I want to like hymns with no clapping. No clapping hymns. You know what I mean? And when I'm not gonna clap, you know, I'm not gonna clap. I'm going to put my hands like this. And you know what I mean? And and and, and, and I'm gonna sing. You know what I mean? You know, there's people like that. And then there's other people like, I need Carl to get up there and do his gospel thing or else I'm not with it, you know? And other people are like, I need someone to play the guitar. If I don't hear the guitar, I don't worship. You know what I mean? And and all of us, we really need to realize to be flexible because what's going to happen in heaven? You need to be flexible because you know it's not going to be like what you, you know. What if you're like, Lord, I don't like that song. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's going to be like, well, better get used to it. We're going to sing it like a jillion times, you know what I mean, uh, in eternity. But again, it's like, it, it, it's interesting. We need to be flexible and why don't we like songs? That's another great question. Oversung. Oversung? Sometimes we think we're too cool. That's what happens to me. 
You know, there was a song, Oh Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then low. And they used to sing it like that. And I used to mess around and do like the country's two-step thing and mess around. And I used to have fun with it. And one brother was like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, bro, it's just so corny, that song. And he's like, bro, what about the words? If heaven's not my home, Lord, what will I do? And he started singing it like slow like it. And I was like... I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know what you feel. There are songs that don't connect with us. But that's what I do. I focus on one. Anyone else want to say what hinders? Yeah. I feel like sometimes I just have a sinful heart and I start judging other people of how they're worshiping. <clears throat> questioning whether they're, they're sincere or not just because I'm not sincere. Yeah. That's the worst. That is the worst. When you start judging other people's worship. Mm-hmm. You just start really feeling really great about yourself, don't you? And I'm just going to confess because I'm getting open. You know, I, I see some people, they're just like, Lord. You know, they're doing this and they got their hands up and they're, you know, doing this. And, I'm, and, and, and sometimes I love it. Sometimes I'm with them. But then other times they're just like, you know, make these faces. And they're sincere. I actually, you know, they're sincere. How do I look when I'm worshiping? Probably crazy too, you know what I mean? So let me stop looking at him or her. Let me look at God, yeah. amen? Uh, what, what hinders our private worship? Interesting question. What hinders our private worship? Sin. Sin, slothfulness. I'm just gonna say it for us brothers, it's slothfulness. Now for my wife, it's, it sometimes can be anxiety or She's worrying about a lot of things and she can't quiet her mind. You know what I mean? I don't know if the sisters get slothful too, right? Amen. But I think bros, the number one sin that we need to repent of is laziness. Laziness is what stops our private worship. I mean, in public worship, if you're there, it's hard to be lazy. You know what I mean? Right? But it's when we privately worship. So what I want to encourage you is, is as we end, to not be lazy. My son asked me the other day, hey, so dad, have you ever done 365 days quiet times? I was like, part of me felt like, yeah, I think I did. I mean, it's been 22 years, I hope I I did. But then I thought, what if I'm lying to him? I don't wanna lie. So I was like, you know what? I probably haven't done it. No. You know, just if I'm gonna be honest, like a real quiet time, you know, not just like went to Bible talk, Instead of prayer, you know what I mean? But like real, like quiet time, you know what I mean? Like real Bible, you know, real Bible study, real, I don't know. And I think, well, I, I could step up even higher than that then. Mm-hmm. So one day I can say, absolutely. You know what I mean? I've read the Bible in a year, but, you know, I fell behind and read three days in a day, you know what I mean? And that happens sometimes too, but God's not tracking, you know what I mean? But I think for us all is to, to really think, okay, let me try this combination. Sing one song in my quiet time. And maybe you get the worship music on and you sing with it. You know what I mean? Meditate on one scripture, one piece of scripture. Right? And then try to pray and recognize when you had a Lord, my Lord and my God experience. Because that's awesome. Like, I don't know how to say it. You know what I'm saying. It's when you're like, you just stop and go, wow. I can't believe that's in the Bible. You know, or 
you connect the dots or something happens, right? For us in Bible study, that's so important is that, you know, literally, I told you, with the Moses and hitting the rock, I realized that was crucifying Christ all over again when he hit the rock twice. Christ being the rock. Why did Moses not enter the promised land? That whole study I did, I shared that the other day. I literally stopped and was floored. And I said this out loud. This Jesus thing is for real. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just a funny thing to say, right? And, and I'm just going to be honest. Like, it's kind of humbling to say, like, oh, yeah, I don't. There's parts of me that still doubt. You know? It says in Matthew 28, Then Jesus appeared to them on the mountain, but some doubted. What? What? What's up with that? Jesus appeared. Why are you doubting? You know, like, and then does Jesus say, well, I can't do this mission with you guys. You guys doubt. Right? No, he says, go make disciples of all nations to those doubters. He said it too. You know, which is powerful. That's so cool that God's comfortable with our doubt. But when I read, for me, what's been really powerful this year for me with the Jesus Bible that I got from the Roots Cafe for free, amen, is the connection between the Old and New Testament. And I've learned a lot from Chuck Pike and other teachers about it. You know, and even, you know, Charlie talking to me about, um, what's that word, bro, I can't pronounce it? Theophanies. Theophanies. Christophanies. Love that word. It makes me feel smart. But, you know, <laughs> Christophanies. It's like Christophanies. You know, but... but how Jesus is in the Old Testament, right? All throughout. That has been so faith-building for me. More faith-building than any evidence that I could ever see. Because you couldn't do this. You know, it's so connecting. Then I'm reading how Samson is like Jesus. I'm like, what? I'm reading this quiet time today. How is Samson like Jesus? He's like, he's not. He's a total dirtbag. But <laughs> let, let me tell you how it's connected. Tell me. You know, and it goes through all these things. And I'm like, wait a second. His death saved more lives than on his li- in his life did. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know. And then he was the judge of his people. And just some of these really detail-oriented things that it was like, what? Samson is somewhat like Jesus in some ways, right? And, and that kind of stuff was really powerful for me. Now, is Samson like David? No. Is Samson like, you know, is, is Joshua like Jesus? Yes. That's a much more comparable thing. But just that connection. And that helped me to see my Lord and my God. I want you just to start committing yourself to public and private worship. Let's lead the way as brothers. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, the sisters, they got better hearts than us. No, they don't. I don't think the sisters... People say sisters are more spiritual. No, they're not. Sisters are so spiritual too. So are brothers. You know, let's lead the way in worship. Let's sing the loudest. I love Chris Gredlicks, man. He's not afraid. You know, he sings out. You know, and I love that about him. You know, don't be afraid. If you're off key, we'll teach you how to sing. The bass part. Um... <laughs> Well, um, I had you sing. You're good, bro. Wade, Wade sang a song. 
Remember that, bro? Remember that? And he sang a hard one, uh, Trouble Come My Way. I was like, we're going to sing Trouble Come My Way. I was like, okay. That's not easy. Like, the, the song to lead it, it's not easy. Um, but you did a good job, man. All right, let's say a prayer. And um, obviously there's a lot to talk about. But, but I would like to ask and task Charlie to finish this off with prayer. But also, I would like Charlie to help organize a brother singing time. I've already got a snappy title for it. Lift your voice. Lift your voice, bro. Yes. Yes. So I would like, I would like to, to ask Charlie to help me with that because I think it would be a really cool thing to do when it gets a little warmer, bring it out and, and worship God together. And we'll invite the sisters next time, but we'll sing just like imagine us singing Rise Up, O Men of God and getting songbooks. It's going to be great. All right. Finish this off, bro. Amen. Dear God, thank you so much uh, for bringing us here together. It is great to be at Brothers Midweek. Man. Uh, God, 